everyone welcome to the show welcome back for episode four week four of the of the podcast i'm super excited to have you thank you so much for for tuning back in if you're brand new here um again my name is isaac finya and uh this is outside the box and i'm excited for you guys to to tune in if it's your first episode if you've been here for the last three weeks thank you so much for the support um but uh, really just getting to this week's episode i'm excited for you um, not only because it's another episode, but because of the guests we have this week. And I'm excited for you guys to hear from him because he's been a huge part of my life. He's been a huge support. Um, he's someone that I've known for, for the last several years. And uh, I met him through um, my career with Cutco um, in the direct sales side of things. Um, he's someone that's been in the business for um, 15 plus years, I believe. We talk a little bit about that um, in the show as well. But uh, so much more than that, I mean, he's uh, he's someone that's really shaking up the community here um, in the city with Chinatown. I can't wait for you guys to listen to, to the projects and the things that he's doing here in the city and just creating the the community that he's um, he's creating right now. Um, he's someone that uh, has written a book. Um, he's got his own coffee brand. He is uh, he started a restaurant. He's on his uh, way to starting his second one, too, which is something that we definitely chat about uh, inside the show. So he's uh, he's doing a lot of different things, but when I distill um, this person down, what what you always get is what's in front of you. Um, he is always a hundred percent all in on the people that he's around. He is a, a fun loving person, and uh, he's someone that you could never have a bad day around. And maybe you have somebody in your life that is like that that you're like you could your dog could have died, you had the worst day at work or troubles at home, whatever it is. Um, you could have a really terrible day, and you get around a guy like like this. And he is, he's just someone that you can't have a bad day about with uh, the energy that he brings and the passion that he brings for life. So I'm excited for you guys to listen. Um, some of you on the show listening in would know him. Um, if you don't, um, we'll, uh, we'll link his socials and everything at the end so you can follow him and, and get to know Wilson a little bit more. But uh, really with that being said, uh, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this week's episode with none other than Wilson Wong. And uh uh, enjoy the show. Um, remember to share it with somebody that you know, someone that uh, that you know needs to hear this. Someone that you know, after listening to the message, could really benefit from um, the conversation that was had. Um, that's the easiest way to get word out about the show. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe if you're on YouTube down below. Um, if you're listening on uh, a podcast um, or on Spotify, then uh, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss on future episodes. And it's completely free and the best way to support the channel. So I appreciate you and uh, I can't wait for you guys to listen to this week's message. So with that being said, we'll see you inside. Uh, Wilson, I mean, it's been uh, it's been a while since I've you know talked with you about having you on the show. I think we've talked months ago yeah. about doing this and we've had conversations and I mean, countless times we're like, man, we should just hit record. Just, we did, <laughs> just <yeah>. now. <laughs> over and over again, and we did a few times, but, uh, you know, we're doing it here. I mean, you could call it officially, but uh, it's great to have you on the show. I'm super excited for the audience to hear from you because uh, probably one of my favorite humans to talk to, if not, probably top three. I appreciate and, that. And uh, a lot of that just comes from your authenticity and just who you are, and Wilson's Wilson. Which is which is really cool, and you're doing a lot of great things. I mean, you're. I mean, to recap, I was looking at your your notes you gave me. I was like, man, this guy's just he's doing so many different things. I mean, from a coffee brand to running a, a restaurant with your partner, opening up another one yeah. right now, and then having your own book. 
16 years in direct sales, which is how you and I met yep. through Cutco. Um, is there anything I'm missing? Uh, volleyball. Uh, volleyball. Loving volleyball. volleyball. I'm like six months deep into volleyball now. <laughs> yeah. It's so much fun. And then I did half a decade with the Front Row Foundation. That was super fun because I pretty much was a genie in a bottle. I just grant wishes all the time. So that was great. I think the most wishes I grant on the charitable side was about six in a year. Wow. So I planned it. I vented. I flew there, took everyone there, recorded all the footage, the filming, everything. And then I guess on the other random things would be putting my life on YouTube over the last 10 years. Right. So I'm on season 10 of my life. Season 10. Yeah. There so every go. year is a brand new season. That's awesome. And that's it. And here we are. That's cool. Good stuff, man. When you go back to the foundation, do you have a favorite foundation, like trip that you did for a family? My or? favorite one was a gal named Alexa. And we went to watch Harry Styles live in the front row. Wow. In Madison Square Garden. So we got to go right through the tunnel and just boom, right there. Harry Styles in front row. Wow. That was super cool. That was like definition of Alexa play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, it was awesome. on, uh, that was my favorite wish. And then my favorite domestic one, so in Canada. That was in New York. Uh, this one would be favorite. Uh, the most memorable one was actually here local in Edmonton where we did a princess party. Okay. And it was for a four-year-old gal and uh, she was Rapunzel. And then we wow. just hung out. Yeah. Look at that. That's it. That's that my favorite. There we go. And then we did like a photo shoot at a professional studio, and yeah, the the charitable side of things was the most important thing in my life, mm-hmm. and that made the biggest impact because it made me realize like life is too short for small talk. And then when we add more depth into that, like like giving back to people, especially when they are braving an illness, it kind of makes you realize like everything that is wrong with you Mm. is not that big of a deal. So when you wake up and you're like feeling a little achy, I think back to Alexa who can't walk Mm. and I'm like, man, nothing can stop me. So when I was going through, I have gout by the way, I I (laughs) might not look like it, but I actually have an ailment called gout, which is pretty much severe arthritis Mm. of the joints. I remember going back to that place in my mind where it's like, man, if she can't walk, this is nothing. Yeah. And, it, it, and that's such a selfish way of thinking about it, too. It's like, well, it's, it's like I went, someone went through something worse than me, and I'm going to use that energy, whatever it is, to reflect back on it and say, like, you know what? If mm. she went through what she went through, mine is nothing. So make big things small and small things nothing. And then... I figured it out. Like I'm gout free for almost a year now, two years. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. And swinging volleyball, just just going hard at it. Yeah, it's isn't that funny how once you get rid of one ailment, you appreciate the other thing, which is mm. like now I have this deep passion for jumping and and yeah. hitting and just playing sports. So. You think back and you're probably like a year ago, you're like, I could never have played volleyball. No, there's you're no like, way. There's just no shot. There's no way. It was just like, this is it. This is my life. And then you realize Western medicine's pretty mm. darn tootin'. Mm. And you take a little a little pill like this mm. and it's all gone. I was like, wow, this is pretty good. Yeah. No, so. that's a cool thing. Like just to think about, you know, I know your, your parents or people would always say like, you know, help somebody is sometimes the best way to almost help yourself. You help somebody that's going through such a difficult thing in life, yeah. and then it puts a whole new spin and perspective 
yeah. free yourself on a situation and now you're like, well, I don't even. It's absolute gratitude. That's all it is. It's like, I'm grateful that I have the ability to walk mm. and talk and do the things and move around and have abundance in that with my health. Mm. Whereas when you are surrounded with those that are truly in a, a desperate place in health, it's tough. Mm. So it, it also brings you, and I've been doing it for, I did for five years, and you're granting wishes every single year. You get a little bit, uh, for me, uh, to put it in these terms would be, when you're working with people that are sick, mm -hmm. you realize it's your duty and your job and your responsibility to make them feel like they don't have any sickness. Mm. And you have to come from a special place of gratitude as much as giving. Like you give that energy to them. And the amount of people that felt a certain way, like they never had a cancer or cystic fibrosis, it's so cool. Mm. Like one of the gals, uh, she's four, Tylo, and what ended up happening was she had the most, she was going through cancer, she had the most energy out of any kid out there. And you wouldn't even know that she, crazy? she had cancer. Like the most energy. Cool. So cool. Yeah. So when I see that, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to give it my all. So the, the Front Row Foundation changed my life indirectly by allowing me to grant these wishes and have one-on-one -on -one time with people braving that sickness. Mm. And giving so much to them just gives so much back to you. Like, I mean, yeah. just in perspective and, and energy, too, at the same time. You're like, it's like empathy and sympathy and everything in between and the enthusiasm that I have for them because mm -hmm. they themselves have acknowledged that they are... They are mortal, but then they don't even worry about that, which yeah. is crazy. Right? Just like no worries. They're like living just no worries. Like I'm just going. Yep. I'm just doing it. Just doing life. It's like acknowledging you have a finite amount of time, so you put in the best amount of energy out there. And just treat life totally different. So much more different. It's like a lesson we should all maybe take. We should. <laughs> we should. We get jaded once in a while. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. It happens. Yeah, absolutely. Good stuff. Well... Um, a big part of, you know, I was reading your, your stuff there, I mean, all the things you're doing, but at the bottom of it, it says, I get to live life just being Wilson. I get to be myself it, for a living. That's explain it. that. Like, go through that. I mean, do all these things. We met through Cutco and Direct yep. Sales. That's how we know each other. Walk us through how, how, you're, how you're doing what you're doing, you know, what brought you to that space. Yeah, the, 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 how I got into Cutco was really straightforward. I just got my driver's license. And what better way to borrow mom and dad's car than to do a sales gig? Like, it's selfish. That's it. Like, so next thing you, you know, can't say no. you can't say no to that, right? So year one becomes year two in sales. And then year two becomes 16 years deep into the Kako business. Nice. But what I've also learned is that I've never really identified in my career as selling Kako. Like, I, like. It, even for me to articulate, most people identify as their career. Oh, what do you like? What's your career? And oh, I'm a doctor, lawyer, pharmacist, accountant. Cool. Mm -hmm. Who are you outside of being those types of occupation? And selling knives is such an interesting perspective because it's a it's a very humble job. For Someone's sure. got to do it. I'm one of them. But it, there's no prestige. There's no title to it. So when you realize that no one really cares what occupation you are, they just want to know, are you a good person, yes or no? You realize that you could just be yourself for a living with the skill set of being a doctor, pharmacist, a lawyer, great salesperson, an author, mm -hmm. an entrepreneur. That is so much better than identifying as that one linear thing when you could just be you 
with great skill set. And then you can have stories that build upon stories to get the business and the referrals that you want. That's the way I look at it. Wow. Yeah. There you go. It's awesome. And how do you, uh, how do you see, like, I mean, with, with Cutco, for people that know Cutco, they understand the business, but uh, being in direct sales, being your own business owner, it takes a lot of patience to do what you've done with Cutco. <laughs> I mean, in your story with Cutco is you worked with them and then you went away for a bit and you're like, hey, I, I was missing something. I, I still have something to build from here. I, I think for the audience listening, especially young people, patience, I think, is one of the hardest things to have. And when I look at you, you're, you're somebody that has been very patient with your life. You're not rushing things. You're not like, oh man, you know, XYZ years old. I need to do this or I should be married or, you know, it's, it's, I'm living my life. Yeah. I'm doing what I feel I'm led to do. And, and this is who Wilson is. What are, what are some maybe tips or maybe things that you went through that I, I'm sure that was difficult for you. Like everybody has people in their life that are rushing them, trying to get them to, you know, you should do this, you should do that. Sometimes it's parents, it's family. Maybe walk us through just what that looked like for you and, and where you're at. Surface level would be ignorance is bliss because <laughs> I didn't know anything else other than, hey, my manager, at, like, Cutco was technically my first job, my mm -hmm. first real job. My, I did hand stamping at a carnival. That was my, nice. my job when I was like 14. And then I worked Sick. at West 49 Folding Clothes, which is like, cool, I just, did it for the discount. Mm -hmm. And then with Cutco, it was my first professional job where I had to suit up and you go and you make phone calls and you get sales. Like that was mm -hmm. it. Like, and my manager at the time was like, that this is, this is the standard. This is what you do. And that's exactly what I did. I didn't really think anything of it. And the judgment of friends and family in a career choice when you're 18, that is where I was patient with myself and I had the foresight so that's the surface level. Mm -hmm. The deeper, uh, when we go into the depth of why I was so patient with myself is because my brother has uh, Asperger's. Mm -hmm. So in terms of pure focus of my upbringing, my mom and dad had more energy with him than with me. So I became very free spirited and I got to try everything and anything. So they never judged me. They're like, go have fun, go do your thing. And that's kind of where I fell into Cutco. I didn't grow up saying, oh, I want to be the best knife salesman <laughs> of all time. And even then, I'm like, I have this, uh, my own personal insecurities of, well, I don't want to give up. And if I do stop or retire, at least I want to retire at the top. Mm. So after 16 years, I'm not at the top yet, so I can't retire. <laughs> there you go. So you just got to keep going. So I just have to keep just going. to keep slinging knives. It's, it's like this infinite loop. Uh, I'm approaching my million dollar milestone, which is super Amazing. cool. So, I mean, at the end of it all, it's not a serious job, which is why it's been such a blessing for me because I sell butter spreaders for a living, man. <laughs> like, I don't have any crazy obligations with these big contracts or someone's life in my hands or the the grind of a nine to five. Like I've always been really, really happy. And Kako is the best outlet for creativity. Or in this case, I could put a general statement. Sales is the best outlook and outcome or output for creativity. So sales is the best output for creativity to make income. Yeah. Yeah. Expand on that. Like, what do you mean outlet for creativity for people listening? What is that? What does that mean for you? So when you're in commission sales or any any sales, you get an opportunity to 
to create an idea and bring it to life. Maybe it's networking with the right person. Um, networking with the right person. Let me tell you this crazy story of, I'm, I love skateboarding and I skateboard to this day. I remember this one time. Add skateboarding to the list. Yeah. Oh yeah, skateboarding, I love skateboarding. So I'm at Castle Down skateboarding. I've got this torn up pair of sweatshirt, or sweatpants. No shirt on, just skateboard, <laughs> my shoes and pants shirtless, right? Just rolling. Just rolling, having <laughs> a great time. There's this one family uh, that this one dad brings his son all the time to the skate park. Fast forward a whole summer of skateboarding and seeing them spark up a conversation. Next thing you know it, the mom comes. I literally have no shirt on, okay? It's the mom, the dad, the son is going back and forth just rolling. I ended up selling Keko in the back of my trunk, <laughs> shirtless, at a skate park. Fast forward, not, no joke, okay? Fast forward oh, a couple man. months later, I go to Vancouver, I go visit them because they moved to Vancouver. They let me crash on their couch. So you're telling me some shirtless Asian skateboarder sold $1,000 worth of knives only to live with them for a night in Vancouver? Like, you I've, tell I've me how- I've heard bits and pieces of this and it how, still cracks me How crazy is that? Every time I hear that. That's like one creative outlook of how sales, it's like, cool, I made money. The, the commission's already gone. I spent it on something, whatever it may be with the plane ticket, whether it's the food. But that story and that experience, mm. like how crazy is that? That's a one of one story that only I got to experience yeah. with them in an environment where it's, I could be shirtless. <laughs> That's shirtless the first time I made money shirtless, knives, okay? Yes. <laughs> That's it. I made money being shirtless. That's for gonna the be. First time. You're gonna That's have crazy. to have a, your own title on like a video or a show. It's just like selling knives shirtless. It'd be a great. Hey man, I got some in. pretty interesting stories. That'd be a good hook. Yeah, that's like one of them. I know. That's just like, one of many. So when you when you're in sales, I don't care if you're selling cars, private jets, knives for couches, like everything I see here. Like who made this wallpaper? Who designed it? Is it uh, who manufactured it? Like I love how I look at things now. Where. I look at the HVAC and I look at the plumbing and I look at the fixtures. I'm like, someone made it, someone created it. That is the creative outlet. Mm -hmm. But now the sales is, where do you sell it? Well, we're in this beautiful loft. Someone had to buy it. Mm -hmm. Someone had to have an interaction with you and I and be like, hey, not only are you going to get these couches, but I'll give you a discount because I want to nurture the relationship mm -hmm. and make sure you don't just buy a pair of chairs, but you buy it for every single investment property. So when you look deeper into the layers of what business is all about. Someone will always get their piece of the pie, but because they are in service for you and your business, they, they actually want to help you, whether it's the aesthetics, whether it's even a paper bag for restaurants or a mm. cup, a plastic cup or straw, like someone gets to make their, their business successful because they actually are in the people business. Relationships. So it's relationships. It's like, that's why it's so much fun for me. Like imagine being able to sell things only online, but you make money by yourself, for yourself. What a lonely mm. way to make any money. Mm -hmm. It's like, cool, you can sell stuff, but if you have no people around you, then what's the point of being rich when all your friends are poor around you? Mm. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, can't do anything with them. No, no, because you don't surround yourself with the right people that can afford to treat you out or you vice versa for you to give back and you treat them out. And you have this really interesting 
dynamic in relationships, if it's only money driven, then you will 100% always get taken advantage of. Mm -hmm. Oh, we're going out with Isaac. Oh, he, you know, Isaac's a baller. He'll take care of the bill. Then you have that expectations and you have a, the wrong foundation for mm -hmm. friendship because it's based off finances, not yeah. based on the relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. And uh, going off relationships, I know you mentioned John Rulin. I love him. Changed my life. Huge impact on your life. I mean, I read his book as well, and it was like a, from opening the book right off the bat, you're like, I've got a metal bookmark. This book looks yeah. different. And for those of you that don't know John Rulin, he's master of giftology. I mean, uh, trailblazer in the cuckoo world, but just with relationships is, is really what he talked about. That's what his book was centered on. Yep. Was how do I use this product or service and create an experience and a relationship with people, which maybe expand on, on how that's kind of played into your life and, and how you're using yeah. his methodology. John Rulin's book was so interesting because he validated Eastern values in a Western culture. Because mm. in, whether it's in China or in Asia in general, you, you've got to give. You always give before you even ask for anything. And what he was able to do was he was able to articulate it in a Western culture for Western society. And that is where East meets West. But then now on the business-centric driven side of things on Cutco, whether it's giving a free piece of Cutco or buying a sample or even just taking somebody out for a meal or mm -hmm. surprising them and delighting them, we all do it. But most people do it in a certain specific way that's so predictable. Christmas time, mm -hmm. here's a gift, right? Everyone buys a thousand gift baskets that you might accidentally offend someone. You're lactose, here's a block of cheese. Thank You're you. celiac, <laughs> here's a loaf of bread. It's like, oh man. Yeah. So what worked for me and why I still continue to find it so exciting with Cutco is that every, every person that we sell these pieces of Cutco to or all your clients, they all have a kitchen in their home. And it's just a long-standing reminder of like you and your service and your business. But they're using this knife every single day. And I just believe in it now. Because everyone out there has a favorite knife because everyone has a kitchen. But sometimes that knife is of subpar quality. But what if we put your name, your number, your logo on it on like the business side, or you just make it specific, made especially for Isaac. That is so special when people end up using it. It's like, man, who gave you that knife? Oh, my buddy Wilson gave it to me. Oh, like that's such a crazy gift. What does he do? What does he do? Mm. He does this and this. Oh, I do need that service or that product. Hey, can you give me that? Give me his name. Right. And it comes from a trusted referral source. So now I'm kind of like peppering a couple different ideologies from John Rulin and my personality into it. It's like, cool. You delighted someone, you made yourself memorable, but now you need to have a product or service that really backs up the quality that you're giving them. Just because mm -hmm. you give them a brand new private jet, yeah. as extreme as that, doesn't make you a good person. No. <laughs> it doesn't really matter at that point, right? But let's, let's bring it down to reality. Like, I'm just, I'm just someone who loves business in my city and my community, and I would love to exchange services for a product and if you love it, great. If you love me even more and you want to refer me to your friends and family, even better. And that's it. The, like, the exchange of the finances or the service is what we're really doing it for, for each other. Absolutely. So that's what sales in Kako did for me outside 
of just, hey, give me money, here's a product, keep buying. Right. Versus a transactional relationship. Right. And I've been through transactional relationships. It's not, it doesn't feel good. No. It's just, cool, bye. Yeah. And that's it. Never you move remember on. it. And yeah. you just move on. There's no longevity in your business if you just do it for the money. No, absolutely. And we can all probably think of things that were like, that was gifted different or like that item, but very few of them. Most things we get, we just like, yep. In the moment you're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Forget about it or it's gone. But there's those few things that you're like, that was different, but you're not remembering the, the item. You're remembering like that person or who gave you it or what was behind that. And there's always like this, this story that yeah. brings to life. So it's like a lasting impression. Yeah. And now that I've been doing it long enough, what's beautiful about it is that I have the skill set to scale my business too, based off a relationship. So if I wanted to do a million dollars in gross revenue or gross commissions, let's say, then I need what a thousand people to buy a thousand dollars, or I need 50 people to buy $20,000. Mm -hmm. But what I love about this concept now, when you scale it at all industries and all different types of business, it's actually achievable because if I want one client to spend $20,000 on me, 50 clients to spend $20,000 on me, what type of service now must I accomplish? Mm -hmm. You're going to give them the best of the best, the, the triple S tier service compared to, let's say you just want to sell a hundred bucks yeah. to uh, whatever, a hundred thousand people. Like one's more relationship driven and one becomes transactional driven. Mm. If there was a chart, you can definitely see it. Why would, it, why would you even trust me with 20 grand? Like you don't trust strangers with your money so quickly, right? You right. have to build a relationship with your relationship manager with the bank. And that's what, this was off camera, but <laughs> I was on, on the phone with the, with the bank just trying to see if I can get, yeah. a, get a better relationship with that manager. Did it work? Maybe, maybe it didn't, but at least I've tried. So, yeah. yeah. No, it plays into so many things in life. I think, you know, going through sales as well, you, you, don't, need, you don't even realize the little places that it plays into because yeah. it's in all the little relationships from your spouse to your family to even being at a restaurant with like a waitress or a waiter, like just saying their name or being someone that's relational with them, finding out how their date, you never know how that plays out. And I've seen it happen, like Micah Brown, one of my coaches back at Out East, he's gonna be on the show too. I mean, he's, he's so good at this. Best I've, I've ever seen, he just like, he'll always, like he knows your name and he will find out like how you're doing within like that first like yeah. few minutes. Turns out that there were food on all the forks, like twice and the waitress was like, oh my gosh, like I am so, so sorry, like embarrassed. And he was just so kind about it. Turns out she knocked like $70 off her bill. Wow. Just from knowing like her name and her story. So it, it just goes so many ways just to like get to know people, take the extra minute, can make a big difference. Yeah. Which is huge. We live so quickly now. Yeah. Which is fine if there's an opportunity to monetize it, but it's not fine when you're trying to build a relationship. I think the beautiful thing is when this podcast comes out, if you Google your name or my name, you can actually learn so much mm. from that person. So it also does not excuse the ignorance that you have with someone who you want to get coached or mm. you look up to and be like, hey, what can I do for you? It's like, no, no, no. All my, all my content, all my information is already out there. If you slow it down, 
you're everything's already there for you yeah. to build a relationship with me. So that's what I like about the fast pace, but also understanding how you can slow it down too. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, never heard it put that way. It's, it's what about it right. makes it uh, so special? Like yeah. for you, like what what about the fast pace and the slow pace? Did you take away from that? For you? Yeah. Oh, from this, yeah. like that moment. Yeah, just that, just that moment. Like that moment with like Micah. Just, I mean, I see people like you, you have transact like hundreds of transactions happen between people every day. Like you think about your day, you go out into the city, like how many people do you talk to? The amount of connections you can make in a single moment. Yeah. It, it happens so fast and, and we're all like happen, like the, how you doing? Good, right? How you doing? Bye. Like, it's yeah. just like, like we're <laughs> geared even at a, like a grocery store. It's like, Hey, how you doing? Good. It's like, you don't even think about what you're going to say. You just are almost programmed or, or programmed to just be like, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm fine. Right. We don't even sometimes even ask how they're. And then when, and then when we do, it's like, good. Yeah, I'm good. Well, great. That was a great conversation. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Right. A chat, go to a grocery store and, or, or somewhere and just say, you know, they ask you, how are you? And you're like, ah, not having the greatest day. Watch how like they're, wait, what? <laughs> you're not having a good day. And it's like to have a conversation when you slow it down with people, it, it means so much to them yeah. because nobody is really doing it. And so many people go, whether it's a nine to five or just their life, not having those conversations or people to even say that, that spark of like, that person was different. Like Wilson's different. This guy told me his name, spent two minutes with me. That goes a long ways when you slow things down that way. And out of your life, it's mm. like, I took two minutes like I might have just changed someone's life and if you do that on a large scale watch the relationships start to build and the unique ones start to build and mm -hmm. that's something I noticed when when I was younger my dad was very good at that too and just taking the time to get to know you and actually take two minutes out goes a long way with people yeah. like a really long way when we live in a society that is like you said very very fast paced and it's just go 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 which you have to do at times but it, it pays to, to slow things down and just take the time with people. You gave me a thought with that whole sentiment that you shared with me. It's if you are currently in business and you're having a tough time finding good people, now is actually the best time to get good people. Mm. Because when you stand out from the crowd as a leader, that's where you can actually grab that per person that's at the grocery store that has every skill that you they have and they want but if you can build that relationship nurture their skill oh my god they, you never know what type of person they can flourish and become because most people don't have anyone to believe in them mm -hmm. i have a lot of self-belief but that came over a long period of time of personal development and great coaches and mentors as well Absolutely. in my life in the business but sometimes you're right. It's uh, we live so fast that we kind of overlook the great skills and talent that we have. Yeah. So if you're a recruiter, now is the time to build better relationships with people that have great skill. Yeah. As long as you recognize that, that's the difference between like a talent, like it's like a talent scout, right? Yeah. You look, you're like, he he's really good at what he does, but there's something off about him. And versus, hey, there's this individual. He's such a great leader already. We need to nurture that. But yeah. his skills can be trained with better coaches, with better talent, and mm. just putting him in an environment to succeed. 
So it's very interesting to see both ways because I've seen people with all the money and success but no great people around them. And I have people that have great people around them and have all the money and success. Yeah. So who do you want to be? Both, right? <laughs> right? right? But why? Right? And then if you're that person that can connect the two and be like, what's, what's the missing link? Right? And for somebody that could be just a position or just another avenue in business and like you watch them just like sprout like crazy just because you place them in the right position. Yeah. And that takes time and we've we've both had great mentors in our life through the business that mm-hmm. took the time to take the raw <laughs> that had no idea what they were doing but saw the hunger and the passion and the people you know and just plug them into the right places and also never give up on people yeah. is is a huge one so we've both been very fortunate with that there's a lot of displaced energy right now and you could define energy as anything you want it to be but in this context the energy of skill there's so much great talent, like mm. so much, but sometimes they're working on their weaknesses. And the way I look at it too, I, I'm a big Gary Vee fan. And the one thing that he talks about yeah. is to double down on your strength. And as I continue to build my organization <laughs> in my community, in my city, what I realize is like, I, I have a great strength, whether it's entrepreneurship, now specifically in sales and the talking portion of it and the negotiation side of things, but I hate paperwork, but there is someone who loves paperwork and they double down on their strength in paperwork and back end work. And if I can help them with their front end work, which is talking and they can help me with my back end work, you have two people that complement each other. Like you, it's hard to, if I had to do back end work and front end work, now I'm displacing my energy. But if I just double down on what I'm really good at and and be able to be influential and inspire people to help me with my back end work, but that's their strength. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It brings like, yeah, passion to them. They're like, man, I can't wait to do this. And like, meanwhile, yeah. we're like, oh my gosh, I have to do this. Yeah. And you have you, to do this and this and this yeah. and this. And you get so distracted. And you're like, oh my God, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's what you call burnout. Yeah. Which when you're an entrepreneur, that's difficult. That's a, that's a really hard thing to do Yeah. and learn. Because we've both been there where you're like, you're trying to do it all and yep. you're trying to spin those all. And there's periods of time where you got to spin all those plates and you've got to put it all in place. But when you can make the shift of like, I don't have to be good at everything. Yeah. I don't have to be the boss at everything. Yep. Like delegation. Like I was just at this event out in Salt Lake and Chris Crone, he's, I mean, you were supposed to go that you I know you're, you're a little bit sad, a little bit sad, yeah, but he's cool. A big thing he said, he's like, the number one thing that made me successful was I learned to just delegate and to let go at a high level. And now I just find the people that are the best at what they do. And I just pay them a lot of money to get them (laughs) in my business and do what I need them to do. And they just thrive. And I lead the ship, but I just get great people around me because I you see me do, you know, the YouTube and the houses and this. And he's like, I, I can never do that on my own. And you guys are right. He's like, I, I have a great team that's around me. I could never mm-hmm. do that all. So it's a great, great lesson there. So I did want to go into the kind of what you're really building here in the city. Yeah, absolutely. Is, is I mean, started with Van Lock with the yeah. restaurant and then had another one. I mean, you've had a journey with that. Now you're opening up another restaurant which is starting in uh it should be early spring early it's spring called bow and hair so it's the coffee shop in the morning speakeasy at night 
And what I've learned about the community, specifically in Edmonton's Chinatown, it's a really tired community mm. where the the story is so interesting to me because I was born and raised here. My mom had a business in Chinatown. My dad had a business in Chinatown. And everyone did business in Chinatown. But what happened? Many things shift and changed over the last 30, 40 years. But what I've noticed is this. When you tell your son or daughter to be a doctor, a lawyer, a pharmacist, accountant, these high, high-level professions, it's not out of spite or pressure. It's that mom and dad are immigrants and we came from nothing and we want you to be as successful as mm -hmm. possible so you don't have to live in poverty like what we had to do or what my mom had to yeah. do. But then when you start telling your kids to do these occupations and these careers, they actually go out and they do it mm -hmm. and good for them. Yeah. But what it ends up happening is that you have this great urban exodus where all those Asian families that congregate and had a community together, their children started moving to the north side or the south side or they moved away from the city. However, the language barrier of some of the aunties and the uncles and the grandmas and the grandpas, they actually still can't speak English. And that's okay because they're immigrants, mm -hmm. right? But the reason why they didn't have to speak English is because they had a real community to rally behind mm -hmm. them. So now if... I'm in my 30s and some of my friends are in their 30s and some of my, my cousins are 19, 21, 22. Well, they, they kind of grew up in a Western culture with Eastern values, but as the months and years progress, they kind of lose that heritage. And this is where I saw many different facets of layering in the business where if I can come back in and do an acquisition of a really popular restaurant in this case it's bun mi so vietnamese submarines yeah. that's kind of cool and we just update their technology instead of a cash only business mm. cool now we're going to generate a new traffic of uh, retention of new clients right client acquisition but then if everyone doesn't want to be involved in this specific community because they think it's dangerous or it's tired there's no no money then that's just more opportunity for me to realize like okay I might be able to have a moat within a moat and that's really cool because there's no coffee shop around the downtown core by Chinatown. No. So we're going to be the first, the first of ever, like in the history of Edmonton's hmm. Chinatown. Okay. Coffee is nothing unique, but it's needed. But then you add in something that's a little bit more modern, which is the speakeasy, the cocktail bar, yeah. then you have this great story where it's called bow and hair. I'm the boa constrictor. My business partner, Will, he's the, the rabbit. So I'm the year of the snake, he's the year of the rabbit. And he loves coffee. So he represents the caffeine. I represent the slow pour, which is, hey, let me be the start of your day with the coffee, but let me be the end of the night with you with your cocktail. Like, and you just sip and hang out. So let me be the start of your day or the end of your night. Wow, that's cool. So at the at, at like the the real intention now is how do we get a community to rally behind this? There is so many displaced like heritage all over. I, I just spoke with a great friend of mine. He grew up in a small town in Alberta. He was like one of six Asians in the city or in that small town. So he looks Asian, talks Chinese, <laughs> but but he's surrounded by Ford F one fifties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So there's actually this massive need for youth heritage right mm. now, and I'm seeing a massive resurgence. Yeah. And I'm at the point now where if I can provide a great product and service, I will attract those great skills and talent. And if they even have an ounce of inspiration, that is where I hope you believe in this community and take those skills and talent and apply it as well. Wow. Because we can make money together. Like there's no more famine thinking. I also know that everyone has their own version of intergenerational trauma, but what's cool is there's this togetherness now and me, Will, and some of the community leaders out there right now in Chinatown, we're doing it, we're leading the way. But I'm putting money where my mouth is, less talking, more doing. Mm. I'll do this acquisition. I'll spend a quarter million dollars on opening up this place. I will talk with politicians and I will talk with the leaders in the community and be like, what do you need? What can I do? You need this? I'll just do it myself for now. Because right now, no one has that belief yet. Mm. That's it. And of course, you can make money too while giving that great product and service. So that's a very long-winded way of understanding the intergenerational trauma to the community, to the business aspect of it, and recognizing it's the biggest opportunity right now. That's so good, man. It's crazy, right? It's so good, yeah. It's so crazy. And what are, uh, I mean, we've had conversations about this before, but obviously this community you said is, I mean, it's been a community that's been kind of washed away in a way and lost hope, and yep. now you're seeing this like resurgence of younger people and people like yourself saying, hey, like, we need to build this up like what are some key things that you're doing that are changing the game that way and like helping that younger generation see that and creating what, what i see do great is create create opportunities for people in the space that you put them in if that makes sense yeah. like they don't just feel like they're like i'm just serving sandwiches or i'm just serving coffee like what are some of the things behind the scenes that you're doing to really inspire people yeah behind the scenes the first thing that pops up to my uh, to mind is the, the aura, the energy, the feng shui, the yin and the yang, let's say. So you've been to many of my events in Chinatown. Yeah. And it's popping. Yeah. Like it's super fun. But why is it? Like how were we able to attract that? It actually comes from not only me, but it's my staff. Mm -hmm. So this is the craziest way of hiring people. I recommend it to everyone. <laughs> Definitely takes a lot of effort and energy and a lot of commitment to servant leadership. But... If you want to work for Wilson, you need your cover letter, easy. Resume, easy. Yeah. But I have a minimum requir requirement of 100 goals, dreams, and aspirations. I need a list of 100 things. Amazing. And you're and, and trust people me, are people like, are like, what are you or, or, talking about? <laughs> you need 100 to even to make sandwiches? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you want to make my sandwiches, you've got to give me those three things, especially 100 goals, dreams, and aspirations. Because at the end of it all, this is what I realized. It's not making the sandwiches that count. It's being able to provide staff an environment that they can actually have belief in, mm. and great leadership and be spoiled. And I could define being spoiled. A great working environment. Like I've mm. worked at my West 49s and I've worked at Stamping Hands and I've worked at Cutco. And let me tell you, selling knives in a sales company was the best environment because they really nurtured me as a person for my goals and dreams and not just for their own pockets. So when I look at it from a deeper leadership level, well, when a customer walks in, is this guy gonna actually help me and give me great energy and be fulfilled and purposeful? I mean, it's just spreading mayo yeah. and spreading pate and doing, 
Like, it's not about the sandwich. It's how you feel when you eat the sandwich. It's how you feel when you walk into the restaurant. Like, that energy, you can't buy. No. You have to nurture it. And that's where you might think it's, oh, wow, it's so expensive. It's like, no, not really. When you have a list of 100 goals and dreams, they just gave you a cheat sheet on how to inspire them, how to lead them, how to motivate them to make sandwiches. Yeah in that context, but it, whether you're in plumbing, whether you're selling Cutco, you're selling real estate, if you have a list, you wanna go skydiving, let's help you reverse engineer how to go skydiving. Well, you have to go in the summertime, so it's February, and you wanna go skydiving, when would you like to go skydiving? Now you can really have a, the, the acronym SMART goals and help them. Well, let's figure out what you would like to sacrifice if you wanna go skydiving. What, how many weekends would you like to work? Are you going to stop partying or you stop drinking? Like, let's actually acknowledge that. Yes, you, you're right. You will sacrifice that one weekend with your friends. But it's not for me. You wrote down this goal of going skydiving. I didn't write that down. You did. So are you willing to sacrifice this immediate gratification to get your delayed gratification, which mm. is skydiving? Now let's scale it up. Let's say you want to go to Japan. Well, how much is Japan going to cost? Because what I realized, you, it only costs two things, time or money hmm. to get what you actually want, maybe both. Let's say you want to be a better guitar player or, or learn a new instrument. Well, it's cheap because you have to buy the instrument. And then if you don't buy the instrument, then you already got one donated, cool, it's free. But then you need to spend time on it. Yeah. So if you want to go skydiving, is that a time thing or is that a money thing? It's mostly just a money thing. But if you want to have an experience to go to Korea or Japan, it's going to be both. You're going to have to not only save up the money, but you're also going to have to plan everything you want to do. And that takes time and money. Yeah. So if you break it down to the, the, the simplest form, it's just time and money. But at least you have a list to help your staff achieve all those things. One of the girls went to Iceland. It's making sandwiches. Yeah. She's like, I want to go to Iceland. Cool. Let's figure out when you're going to go. And she worked her butt off to afford to go to Iceland. Okay, cool. I need you to leave. Get out of here. Because that's my goal as a leader. It's like, I need you to, I actually need you to accomplish your goal and then come back because you're going to come back more inspired yeah. with better stories. And when, you have, when you're inspired and you have better stories, the customer interaction is going to be at such a different that's level. That's so good. Isn't that crazy? That's so good. <laughs> so I need you to leave. Like, I need you to, like, <laughs> you need to go. I actually need you to go. Yeah. So. That's so good, man. And then what ends up happening is this positivity, this enthusiasm that the staff gives off. They're going to be like, man, when I come into this store or this shop, why is it so awesome? Yeah. And then you realize every single one of my staff has a hunter. They're killers. Like they, they are gold. Like they, yeah. they hit their goals. But on a micro level, on a foundational level for their self-esteem as a one-on-one, -on -one, they have a proven track record of success. They're not failures. They have so much belief in themselves that like, hey, you had 100 goals. How many goals did you do this year? Oh, I did 15. I did 20. They're like, cool. First off, you need to add 20 more because yeah. you're under 100. Yeah. But no one could ever take that away from you because in one year you did 20 things that you said you were going to do and you did it. So these Amazing. micro successes actually build confidence and self-esteem so they can actually go and do the things that they want to do. Mm. I personally think when I help them hit their goals, I have better staff retention as well. Because when you leave me, it's not because of malicious intent or no. bad faith. It's like you're leaving me because you finally hit the goal that you need to go yeah. hit. 
and go into the next. Yeah. And on to your next chapter yeah. of your life, but you'll always be invited back. Mm. And if you want me to think even deeper, like the deepest level, okay? Deepest level. Deepest level. The deepest level? Guess who gets the referral for better staff, for catering, yeah. for business opportunities? It's going to be me. Yeah. Because I helped, I nurtured, I, I gave. And 15 years from now, when they run their own business, they're like, hey, we need catering. Let's go back to my yeah. old boss. He still has his shop running. Yeah. And I'll be like, sweet, how many do you want? Hey, let's go back to my old boss and let's let's do an event at his new space or old yeah. space at that time. Now you can see where it gets really interesting when you think long term. Just the organic, the organic that comes back to you is like, people talk about that on just the customer level, but in this aspect, we're talking about your own employees and like even people working, like people grow up and then their kids, I mean, man, go work here. Yeah. Man, talk about just like organic, just traffic coming back to you in a way. Yeah. And, is... and the energy that you attract, is that's the most important thing to have a long-term sustainable business. Yeah. Like if you have staff turnover, it's a leadership problem. It's not yeah. them. Like if they think it's a dead-end job because, because you give them the opportunity to think it's a dead-end job. Yeah, Where's the opportunity for growth? Where's the opportunity for professionalism? Where are you going to learn? If you can't learn it from making sandwiches uh, in this example, yeah. then you're going to have to find it somewhere else. But the amount of skills that they learn, not just through me, but through each other's skill share, yeah. insane. Absolutely yeah. insane. Now, so now, now, let's scale up to the community and the foundation of being a great leader. Less talking, more doing. Yeah. But you do it with great faith, good faith, you do it because you want to do it, not because you have to. Yeah. So that's how I'm attracting my staff. That's my unique hiring process. That is where the community is rallying, not only for my businesses, yeah. but for all the other businesses around. So that way people actually can trust again, which is kind of weird to say when, mm. again, we're in a very fast paced yeah. environment and everyone's trying to get ahead of each other. But in reality, it's like, nah, man, Come work for me, I swear, you're gonna have an amazing environment. And if we don't work with each other and we do business with yeah. each other, uh, you're, we're gonna have a great relationship yeah. too because my, the foundation of my income is based off great relationships. Yeah. That's all. Amazing. So good, man. I mean, we could talk for Yeah, we can. We you have to go. Hours, man. I don't even I know mean, what time it is. It's we, crazy. Uh, we, uh, we'll do this again. I mean, this won't be a one-time thing. This, you'll definitely be back on the show, but I, I appreciate you sharing what you did. I mean, that last little bit, there was like, that was a gold mine about building just community and just relationships with people and locking arms with people and saying, we can do this together because what people need to see is an opportunity that they can grow here. They can do amazing things here. Yeah. And like you said, it's not about the sandwich. It's like, I know through this sandwich, let's say, man, making amazing sandwiches, I could get here and then get to this next destination. That's what people look mm -hmm. for. So. That's, uh, that's truly awesome. We always end the show with, uh, I call triple threat. Now, okay. I'm probably going to have to change this because I need more questions than just three. <laughs> like Jay Shetty, <laughs> one of my favorite guys to listen to in terms of podcasts, he has On Purpose. He does The Fast Five, but I got to come up with a different name than The Fast Five, but we're going to do triple threat for now. I love it. So one rule is you have to answer the question um, in either like one word or one sentence as best you can. Okay. So... Whatever comes to mind. 
as quickly. I've as you never can heard with these it. questions before. I know so you I'm, never heard them. I'm so they're gonna really just they're gonna fly at this you. It's gonna be crazy. Okay, so and I might add a fourth one in there. Okay. So the first one is, what's the worst advice you've ever gotten? Uh, Stole this from Jay Shetty. You should lie, cheat, and steal. You Eddie Guerrero from wrestling. There you WWE. go. There you go. Lie, cheat, and steal. What is the best piece of advice you've ever gotten? The best piece of advice I've ever gotten is uh, write down 100 goals of dreams. There you go. Yeah. And, I mean, the show is called Outside the Box. What does, what does being outside or going outside the box mean to you? Oh, that's a great question. What does it mean by going outside the box? You're going to have to edit this one. Hold, oh, my God. That's a great. That's a great. <laughs> what does it mean? What, like, just specifically, what does well, it mean? To, to you, when, when you hear, it, it could be either to you. When you hear the term, get outside the box or think like, live life outside the box, what does that mean to Wilson? Uh, you should have fun and make money. You should monetize fun. Monetize fun. You should monetize fun. There we go. That's a good one. And the fourth one is what's, what's one thing that maybe you knew or was like something that you felt was right when you were younger, like, oh, this is how you're supposed to do it. And now you're like, man, I had it all wrong. Oh, man. Entitlement. Mm, expand on that. You, you, have, you can expand on okay, that. Okay, I can expand yeah, on yeah. that. You think that you are entitled to many things because you're young and mm. you know, you're full of energy and life. Fair enough. But then the older you get, you realize entitlement is uh, the worst thing you can have. Mm. Is that no one... No one's gonna save you. Yeah. No one's gonna save you. Everything you do is on you. It's not your mom, not your dad, not your friends. It's gonna be on you. So when you're entitled, you think the world owes you something, but it's the opposite. You oh. you must serve the world. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad I let you expand on that. Oh, one. thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> they're gonna be like entitlement. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. No, that's yeah. They're like entitled. They're like, wait. <laughs> no, that's. It doesn't have to be that deep, but I think about it like. Uh, it's I, it's true. Man. I remember getting called out for being entitled, and I was like so happy they called me out on that because I never knew. Yeah. Like I was so ignorant to the fact that I was entitled. I was like, thank you for letting me yeah. know. And it gave me better self-perspective. And yeah. now I catch myself if mm. I'm like, am I being entitled right yeah. now? And if I'm not, great. If I am, I'm like, ooh, I better, better, better dial that, that back. Better dial that back because yeah. it's unattractive. Yeah. It's very unattractive. Yeah, absolutely. And keeps you back from actually like your potential and going after it because you feel like you're just going to get it. And yeah. when it doesn't come, you just, you pout. What, yeah, you pout, the complaining comes in. So that's good, man. Well, last thing is, I mean, how can people connect with you? What's the best way for people to learn from you? Yeah, here's my phone number, my SIN number, my, <laughs> my address. <laughs> Uh, this is the part where... Stick to every- the social. Stick to the social. <laughs> oh, just social? Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. Whatever you want to share there. Number, that works too. But what's the best way for people to, you know, follow you, really Here's outside the box. Along- Here's outside yeah. the box. Okay, outside the Add box. Add me on LinkedIn. We'll support. LinkedIn. There you go. Right off the bat. And if you don't have LinkedIn, Instagram is Wilson Wong is Epic. Such and a fitting name. right now, vanlock.ca is the submarine, the Vietnamese submarine business and... That's it, Wilson Wong on YouTube as well. YouTube, Instagram, Wilson Tenth Wong. season. And now I'm on my tenth, tenth season. season. So you can, <laughs> you can go all the way back yeah. when I was like 24. Yeah. So there that's we it. go. Amazing. Thank you. Okay, Wilson, thank you so much. Appreciate it, man.
Here we go. Oh. That's a good handshake. That's better than the last one we had on the show. <laughs> it was not good. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, be sure to like and subscribe down below. It means the world to me. It's totally free and is by far the best way to support the channel and get the word out. Um, but more than that, please share this episode with somebody that you know would benefit from it and, and really needs to hear today's message. And reminder, um, a new episode drops every Monday, so be on the lookout for that. Um, other than that, have a great rest of your week. Crush it. And don't forget to get outside the box. We'll see you on the next one.